The NBA regular season is over and it's time to crown some NBA awards, Thunder Awards, and so much more on Locked On Thunder. Coming up after this. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunder Pod. Email the show, L-O Thunder Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Let's dive into the NBA and Oklahoma City Thunder Awards from this regular season crowning the MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, and also some superlatives from this past year in Oklahoma City and in the NBA. As well as preview the NBA postseason. On yesterday's show, we previewed the play-in. Now, let's preview the entire postseason. Today's episode's running a little bit late today, but as you all know, if you've listened to the show before uh, and and during this week, you know that uh, we're in a different setup today. Uh, still in hospice right now, still on our backup microphone, actually the first ever microphone I ever uh, ever purchased, the Blue Snowball, which is of course just a USB mic that's not very good, uh, but it was a good starter mic and we're still back on this mic right now because it's easier to transport. So once we get home, uh, we'll be back to our normal audio quality uh, that features the $1,000 set that I, that I dropped, but nonetheless, uh, suffer through this with me uh, until we get back one to keep pumping out content for you all because of the patience that you've shown uh, me and my family during this time. So let's just get into the show right now with the Thunder Awards, the most important part. So for the Thunder Awards, let's go through the standard basic awards, MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player. Uh, And then let's have some fun too with, you know, the all OKC teams, like who are the five best players from this year. The Kyle Singler Award, which if you know the Thunder, you know that award, award pretty well. The biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, the best game of the year, the most impactful moment of the year, the greatest stretch, and then the Lock It In Award, which will be what take from this season can we absolutely lock in as being true for years to come. Let's start, though, with the MVP award. The most valuable player for this Thunder team is, of course, SGA. Shea Gilders alexander is incredible. You saw him turn into more of that superstar-type role this year with the Thunder, and I don't really know who can dethrone him in, in the near future. Of course, a lot depends on the draft and things like that. But even getting Kid Cunningham, I mean, next year, SGA would still be your top player. you still be your MVP player uh, beyond Kid Cunningham. But then years past next year, we'll see where that lies at. But but SGA is going to be the face of your franchise, going to be the leader of your franchise, no matter what happens talent-wise with who you bring in and who you acquire. SGA has that bravado. He has that swagger. He has that ability to lead a franchise that you're going to look for. And SGA is, of course, the MVP of this season. And I think that what we saw from SGA this year, the fact that he's kind of evolved into this clear-cut possible number one option on a championship team, um, that, that really does help the Thunder out in, in kind of evaluating their future because uh, there's a world now where you could see SGA being a, a top guy in a championship team. 
And I think that it solidifies what we've said for a year now on this podcast. If you've been listening to this podcast since day one, uh, you know that I've always said that SGA, at worst, you know, if, if everything does not go his way and at worst, the worst case scenario happens, he'll be a number two option on a championship team. And that is fully solidified. I, I don't see a, a realm in which he falls below that number two option on a very high caliber team. And that got really just bona fide this year with the play that he saw prior to the injury. Uh, and I think that the Thunder managed him very well. I think that um, he also proved this year that he can be a point guard, and that was a question mark entering the season. Whenever the keys were turned over to him this year, preseason, we were all wondering, okay, can he do this? We've seen him be very effective off ball. We saw last year how playing off of Chris Paul really helped this game. Can he be on ball now? And he can do both, and that's also a huge luxury. That allows you to go into this draft this year and simply draft the best player available. You don't have to worry about positions. You don't have to worry about anything uh, regarding positions. You just go into it drafting who you think is the very best fit for this team. If that's a point guard, if that's a shooting guard, uh, whatever it is, you draft them because SGA can do everything on the floor that you need him to do. And that's why Cade Cunningham, not only is he the best prospect in this draft, not only is he a, a, a elite prospect in general, just in the general scope of NBA draft prospects, but playing alongside SGA specifically, those two would complement each other very well because those two can both play off ball. They can both play on ball. They're both very versatile. They absolutely pick each other up in very numerous ways to where if you found a way to couple SGA and Kate Cunningham, you would have the the starting point of a dynamic duo right before your eyes, still with a ton of future assets to cash in and improve that team around them. So it puts a lot of pressure on June 22nd, uh, but as we've talked about before, even if June 22nd does not go the Thunder's way, they still have a very large path back to relevancy and back to contending. Now, it just might take a bit longer than expected uh, if June 22nd has this catastrophic uh, outcome for the Thunder, but I, I just don't think it will. I just have uh, this hope and feeling that we're going we're gonna to get rewarded on June 22nd in Oklahoma City, but that's why SG is your MVP. And now the sixth man of the year, and the sixth man of the year uh, on a team like the Thunder this year is very hard to crown because... Uh, they experimented with so many different lineups. I mean, you saw so many uh, different starters rotate in and out and injuries and uh, load management and resting players and this and that uh, to where there's not very many true bench players on this team because at, at certain times everyone's kind of popped in that starting group. The the, run, the one real constant, the one real constant, uh, constantly good player off the bench was Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome was consistently good once he got to play coming back from that ankle injury at the start of the year. Once he got back from the bubble and was able to be healthy and play, he was on the bench, and he was really help, helping solidify that second unit. And, and before he got back from injury and before uh, the Thunder had to shut down George Hill and Al Horford, George, uh, uh, Tim Maldon was coming off the bench, and he was very good uh, in placement of George Hill in that starting group. So I think that the sixth man of the year, though, goes to Ty Jerome. He did it for longer, and he uh, was more consistent off that bench. And I think that you've once again found a player – who will really contribute long-term. Of course, Ty Drum will not be a starter long-term, will not be somebody who you depend on to win you a championship, but he will play a role, and he will play um, a significant one off the bench to help to help the drop-off be significantly less. I mean, look at the Thunder teams in the past, and you look at how many of those teams in the past, once the starters left the floor, how big of a drop-off it was in offensive production. The Thunder are already, 
in year one of this rebuild, starting to put together a team that offensively can still handle the load in the second unit once they co- once they all return to a more comfortable bench unit. I know that the offense this year was really bad, uh, but you have to remember they're not going to be put in these spots that they were this year in general. So like if you look at them isolated from the overall stats and overall team statistics, look at them individually and see where Mark will put them in the future and what the goal is for them in the future. The goal for Simeon Kyluk is not going to be the, to uh, handle the ball a ton and, and do all these step-back threes and uh, try all this nifty stuff. The, the goal for Simeon moving forward, if he is back on this team, which is still not, which is still up in the air right now, but if he is back, it will not be all of those shot creation for himself. It'll be spot-up shooting, and it'll be those Iverson cuts, and it'll be cutting off ball, moving off ball. That's what he's going to do, and it's going to reduce his role and in turn make him more effective to where these efficiency numbers and these bad numbers that are standing out right now in the midst of this losing streak, in the midst of this tanking season, uh, those will kind of get reversed naturally by putting different players in better positions. So, Really, the Thunder have done a great job of finding who are going to be who's going to be on that bench to contribute long term. And Ty Jerome is at the forefront of that. Ty Jerome is who I'm more comfortable with and the most comfortable with in terms of making a big impact off the bench for the Thunder moving forward. And then past Ty Jerome, we have our Defensive Player of the Year, which much like the MVP, I'm not sure who will get to dethrone Lou Dort, if ever. I think that as long as Lou Dort's here, he'll be the Defensive Player of the Year. But of course, Lou Dort. I mean, from the frustrating performances that he put on to. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray just getting absolutely flustered by him. I mean, remember that Jamal Murray game where Jamal Murray's pushing Lou Dort and is throwing his armband and is just doing all this random stuff. He's so frustrated with Lou Dort. Uh, watching Lou Dort lock down LeBron on that last possession uh, of that game. You know, uh, Lou Dort was incredible defensively yet again, and, and it does not get talked about um, nearly enough because of Thunder or not in the playoff spotlight where you, where you really care about defense. I mean, But still, even as the Thunder are losing games, still even as the Thunder are not a relevant team, he did make some defensive highlights for Worldwide Wild on Twitter, like, and, and he's kind of like the biggest influencer of the casual fans. And to 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 make a highlight out of defense is incredibly tough, and it's something that's rarely ever done. And Lou Dort did that multiple times this year, and so he is the defensive player of the year for the Thunder without question. The rookie of the year for the Thunder. You know, this is a tough one because if you take the entire body of work, I think it's Tail Maldon without question. Because Teo Maldon was more consistent. Uh, he had a much better start, obviously. Uh, he he looks more like the sure thing in terms of, you know, if you just absolutely had the guarantee who will be a long-term NBA player in some capacity, in some capacity, Teo Maldon's going to hang around this league for a long, long, long time. But, of course, Poku, in the last you know, in the second half of the season after the G League bubble, he's shown you he can be a superstar, an all-star in this league uh, if things break his way. Uh, to where it's just kind of pick your poison there with the rookie of the year, but because of the body of work, because of the all-around nature of his game, Tail Maldon is the rookie of the year for me, but I think that this is going to be the first award that like really is up in the year in terms of you know, how you all feel about who should win it, because I can see the argument for Poku, but again, just the, the consistency, uh, the consistency, the overall body of work, and, and doing it for a longer period of time gives Tail Maldon the edge for me. Tail Maldon has shown that at worst he's going to be a really good bench piece and he's going to be like a like a bona fide six-man-of-the-year candidate in the future and kind of be uh, a little bit what Dennis was last year, Dennis Truder uh, last year, coming off the bench and helping your second unit not fall apart and then at times closing the games with your starters, he can kind of fluctuate in between those two roles. And so I think that Taylor will do a great job in that role. And 
Heck, if he develops well, he's still 19 years old. He can still be a starting-level player in this league. But I think that more realistically, he'll be like a back-and-forth spot starter where he's mainly going to be your sixth man and maybe close some certain matchups out uh, with the starting group. The most improved player is, of course, SGA. We kind of already went in on, it, on SGA, but SGA making that leap in this year into that, that top 20, top 15 player in this league uh, and, and showing that potential then he is, of course, the most improved player. But, of course, you could also go with Lou Dort because of the offensive production that he's put out there in this season. So coming up, we'll still have the Kyle Singler Award. We'll still have the All-OKC team, the biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, best game of the year, and so much more. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Locker Room. Locker Room is truly changing the way that we talk about sports. It is an incredible app that you can go download right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans, this app is easy and free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite teams or sports. I will be hosting a room on Locker Room for Lockdown Thunder once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or, or join the conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the biggest news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have your voice heard on this very show, Locked on Thunder, throughout our Locker Room conversation. Be sure to join in. This week, I'll be hosting a room on Locker Room for Locked on Thunder. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, and it's currently available for all iOS devices and some Android devices as well. They have a beta program out there right now for Android devices, so go check that out as well. So go download it and then set up your profile by creating a profile, linking your Twitter account, joining the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL group, whatever your favorite league is for the latest league updates. Follow me on Locker Room. It's at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S to be notified every single time my room goes live. I know you will not want to miss it. I'm planning to go live again this week on Locker Room. So check it out there. Follow me on Twitter and Locker Room. Same username at Rylan underscore Styles. You'll be notified every single time I go live. So at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on the Thunder. See you over there. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. So check them out. We are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let's start now with the All-OKC Thunder team. This is going to be much like the All-NBA team, but just for the Thunder, who are the five best Thunder players, regardless of position or any of that, just the five best players from this past season. For me, the list is kind of cut and dry. I think that it's pretty easy. I mean, of course, you have SGA and Lou Dort 1 and 2. They're your two best players this year, without question. And then... I would go with Ty Jerome personally. I think that when he was healthy, he was the third best player on this team. He was a quality NBA player that did a lot of different things, was not just a shooter that we all thought he was going to be. Like, I know that the reputation about him prior to the year is that he's going to be a shooter and only a shooter and maybe be a spot-up guy, but the way that he was handling himself off the dribble and the way that he could utilize that pump fake and go whenever he just pump fake, get a flyby, and then take the dribble inside the arc and, and shoot the three, or, I mean, take the dribble inside the arc and shoot the mid-range shot, or he would take the dribble inside the arc and then bounce past it to the low post. Those things are are areas of his game that I did not expect to be that developed. He's a better playmaker than I ever thought he'd be. He's a average to below average defender, which is better than expected for his game. He's not just absolutely getting embarrassed every single time, so that's really good for him. I think that Ty Jerome 
is who I feel the most comfortable about moving forward, right? Because there's question marks about Moses Brown and about Tony Bradley and Isaiah Roby and Sue Luke. Uh, Ty Jerome is who I feel most comfortable with moving forward. That's that's kind of on the bubble of that roster, right? It's not absolutely locked into the roster long term. I think that Ty Jerome is going to be that next guy that gets locked in. Tail Malvon, number three. Again, he kind of hit the rookie wall a little bit in March and, and, and hit the rookie wall, wall, wall to end the season. But throughout the rest of this year, throughout the entire season, he was a really talented NBA player. And we enjoyed the flashes that we saw from him. It's easy to kind of forget that because of the rookie wall. But all in all, I, I mean, the... The defensive prowess, again, another guy who's outperforming his defensive projections. The ability to get to the rim was something that we were questioning pre-draft about his athleticism. And he was able to utilize his size and utilize his his quick twitchedness because he wasn't that very fast. But he was able to utilize his body and and be efficient with his steps to where he could seal off defenders with his body and get to the uh, rack and be able to have those layup opportunities for himself. And then just a much better shooter straight away from the NBA range than we thought he'd be in terms of efficiency. Very efficient shooter for the majority of this season. And it was really impressive to watch him play off ball as well. Another guy who's very versatile. And you've heard from day one, Mark preach about versatility. And Ty Jerome has that. And so does Teo Maldon. Teo Maldon can play off ball, which is something I didn't think he could really do all that well pre-draft. I, I thought that he'd kind of be more of an on-ball, ball-dominant guard, but he really played off SGA really well. SGA set him up very well as well. So those two, uh, of course, reached the top five as well. Then rounding out the top five for the all-OKC team is Kendrick Williams. Kendrick Williams was simply a throw-in, a roster filler, uh, and a salary cap filler for the Stephen Adams trade. He was going to be out of this league if he did not reach, uh, if he did not cling on to the Stephen Adams trade. And then he turned himself into a legitimate NBA player that will be in Oklahoma City for a long, long time. I would be, I would not be shocked if Kendrick Williams ends his career in Oklahoma City in you know six, seven years from now. He's still being that culture setter and still being that gritty hustle player, and he he has those intangibles and. He is what we thought that Stephen Adams would be, right? So it's funny that you trade Stephen Adams for him because he is going to be that next Nick Collison role where he's going to be that culture setter, that tone setter, and teach these young guys how to play the right way as you usher in the new wave of Thunder basketball. So Kendrick Williams uh, is the fifth best player on this team, and he's in the top five of Thunder players on the all-OKC Thunder team, much like the all-NBA team. So we did get a couple you know, a couple forwards in there, you know, Kenneth Williams and Ty Jerome, no real centers, and then we kind of messed around with the guards of having SGA and Teo and Lou in there as well. Now it's time for the biggest surprise of this year, and I think that it's a tie between Isaiah Roby and Moses Brown. Isaiah Roby, mainly because everyone wanted to cut Isaiah Roby preseason, and I was trying to tell you guys, you can go back and listen, I was saying, hey, this organization really likes him. They really value him, uh, and he's a quality NBA player, and he turned into that. Moses Brown was somebody that I totally uh, missed on, and I think that we've maybe overcorrected with Moses Brown a tiny bit, uh, but before the year, I thought that he was just going to be a non-starter, kind of a more like Devin Hall or Kevin Hervey kind of two-way guy that you just never really hear about making a noise in the NBA and just kind of just is there on the roster and not making any impact whatsoever. But he did show that he can be an NBA player in some capacity. Now, I do not think that he'll ever be a legitimate starter in this league. And I'm not counting this year as a legitimate starter. You know, that was just kind of a byproduct of this team. When this team wants to be good, when this team wants to win a championship, Moses Brown's not going to be their center. Uh, but he did play his way into a role within the NBA, into a matchup-based role. He will not be an everyday player in terms of 
you have him locked in the rotation and cannot move him. But in certain situations and in certain matchups and depending on what the team needs that night, he can play valuable minutes. If you need a game where you just have to dominate the glass, he can help do that. But you cannot really depend on him long term, I don't think, in that kind of starter's role or even as a heavy like seventh or eighth man. But matchup to matchup, Moses Brown can play in the NBA, which is way more than I thought he'd be able to do preseason. Of course, the biggest disappointment is also very clear, and I don't think that anyone will argue this. It's Darius Baisley. Uh, Baisley should not have the year that he wanted to or that we wanted him to either. Uh, not very efficient. Uh, got off to a very bad start. Had the injury, which does play into this as well, but a very bad start. Had a few games at the end of the year that were really good, but also had some games where, although the box score looked good, the efficiency and the way that he got to those numbers in the box score did not look good either. All in all, a very disappointing year from Darius Baisley, but you can expect, hopefully, a bounce back from him in year number three. So that was the biggest disappointment. The best game of the year, you know, it, it's interesting, right? I have three candidates for the best game of the year. Number one is the SGA game against Chicago. Whenever he just obliterated them for, like, 22 points in the fourth quarter, <laughs> like, he was just awesome. He made the 22-point comeback, I should say, against the Bulls. That was awesome. The Lou Dort game winner, which is his first game winner of his entire lifetime, that was a really fun game. And then the 40-point game with Lou Dort, which actually ends in a loss, which is kind of the the double dip in terms of uh, good outcomes, where you get the 40 points from Lou Dort, but then it also is a loss. So that was where I think most fans will lean towards because you did get the, the outcome you wanted there with the loss. Uh, ultimately... The Lou Dort game winner was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I know, I know, I know that we want to lose as many games as possible this year, but it was so fun watching his reaction and watching the, the team go and storm over there in the corner. And you can you can picture it in your head right now as, as clear as day. Uh, whenever you just mention Lou Dort's game winner, you can picture him falling to the ground and now Horford and everybody else just running over and pouncing on him. Uh, so I think that'll give that the best game of the year. But that SGA game is the most impactful, which brings us to the next thing, the most impactful moment of this year, and that was SGA's Bulls comeback. And I even titled the podcast that day um, this very thing, that SGA took the keys of the Thunder franchise in that game. I think that the Bulls game that SGA played in and made that 22-point comeback, I think that that was the game where SGA looked at himself afterward and said, you know what, I can be an number one option, I can be a leader, I can be a, a franchise star. Because remember, prior to that moment, there was a lot of talk about how passive he was being and how too unselfish he was being and how he needed to take over more and he needed to shoot more and he needed to do this and that more. And I think that the, the, the switch really flipped for him once he had that Bulls game and he became, a, he became in, his, in his mind, the guy. And that's what we always needed from him. And then since then, and of course we've got this season cut short by injury, but since that moment, he really turned into the guy and never lost his efficiency, which is a big deal. When projecting how good he can be, the fact that after that Bulls game, he became the guy in his mind. He became the, the guy that you should lean on, and the team did lean on him, and then he also never dropped off efficiently. That is a big deal for what he can be moving forward in terms of a top 15, top 20 NBA player, somewhere in that range. SGA's moment against the Bulls was the most impactful moment of this year. The greatest stretch, of course, was losing 14 straight games um, and not even winning over 22 games. Because it sets up the franchise in the best way possible. Of course, would have loved to lose that game Sunday against the Clippers. But without that 14-game losing streak, without without them just tanking out and not winning over 22 games, you do not have the possibility of having uh, the two top five picks, and especially picks one and five, which could truly make you a championship contender as soon as you know two years from now. So like that is massively important for the Thunder, and, and that's going to be the greatest stretch looking back on this year. The Lockett In Award, 
is that SGA is going to be a superstar. In some capacity, SGA will be that superstar type of player because of what we saw this year. I'm very confident in that. And again, this year solidified for me that he's going to be at worst the number two option. I've said it for a year now, but watching him this year really drove that point home that at worst he's a number two option for a championship winning team and could be a number one option. Coming up, let's preview the NBA playoffs and hand out some NBA awards. But first, we're here right now, but our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check it out today with their nine delicious flavors, plus a few occasional limited-time-only flavors that you can check out at any given time at BuiltBar.com. But their nine original flavors and delicious flavors are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor is the peanut butter brownie option. You're going to want to check it out today at BuiltBar.com. You can try all the flavors by getting a simple mix variety pack mixed box that we're going to get two of each of the nine flavors in that box. Try them all out and then reorder your favorite flavor. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carb. Check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever else you like. Order right now at BuiltBar.com using our promo code LOCK15. That's LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order using promo code LOCK15 at 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Let's hear right now, my good friends, over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Baseball season's in full swing right now, so get in on the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the action and get in as teams prepare for their playoff runs. So head over to the website or even use your mobile device and sign up today. Whenever you sign up today at BetOnline.ag, you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. How do you get that 50% welcome bonus? By using our promo code locked on. That's our promo code locked on, all caps, no spaces, locked on at betonline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So now let's dive into the NBA awards. My MVP, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Chris Paul are my top three. Jokic winning the MVP, of course. Six Man of the Year, Jordan Clarkson. Rookie of the Year, Anthony Edwards. Most Improved Player, Julius Randle. Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. And I'm not just saying that because David Locke owns the company and could fire me at any given moment if I did not say that, but still, Rudy Gobert is the Defensive Player of the Year. Coach of the Year, I have it between either Tom Thibodeau or Monty Williams. You know, Thibodeau is interesting because I think that a lot of us laughed at that hire whenever it was first made, and now look at the look at the Knicks now, but Monty Williams just deserves it to me for Coach of the Year, so I'll give it to Monty Williams. My most surprising team, the Suns leaping up to where they're at right now, it is kind of surprising to be all the way up at number two, you know, and could have been the number one seed overall. But that was a very surprising team. Of course, the Spurs hanging on was very surprising. The Knicks and the Hornets, even the Hornets, you know, weathering that storm without Lamelo for that time period was very surprising as well. Biggest disappointment, you know, the Celtics, Bulls, and Raptors are, I think, everyone's biggest disappointments from this year. But the Raptors dealt with COVID and dealt with injury, so the Celtics dealing with injury as well. And then the Bulls were just the Bulls. And shout out Billy Donovan. Uh, what could have been an award is the Nuggets because 
if Jamal Murray never gets injured, the Nuggets could have been like an actual title contender. And now it just kind of feels like a wasted opportunity because of injury. And I really like that team and the way they were playing with Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray on the floor at the same time with Jokic and everybody else. So that kind of sucks for the NBA in terms of losing Jamal Murray to that injury. The biggest turnaround next season is like projecting next season. You know, I, I wonder if Memphis can have a big turnaround next year. And not that they've been bad this year whatsoever. They're playing tonight, and we'll see if they can advance past that. Uh, but in, in terms of making a leap, you know, who can make the biggest leap next year? And I think that Memphis at some point needs to have their sons-like step. Of course, it's not something that has to happen in terms of if they don't, it's a failure. But, like, they have so much young talent that at some point they're going to make that jump. And could it be next year? Could they make a jump, maybe not to the 2C, but maybe, like, to the 3 or 4 line to where they get home court advantage next year in the postseason? The most interesting team entering the offseason, Boston. What does Boston do? I know that they beat the Wizards last night, but they're going to go play the, the Nets and they're probably going to get swept or lose in five. What do they do in the offseason? Because it feels like something has to change with the, with the Celtics. And I wonder if they'll make a big splash, a big-time move, like maybe getting back out Horford. Now, that could really help the Thunder out as well in that trade. So previewing the Western Conference playoffs and the Eastern Conference playoffs, we are at the 28-minute mark, so we got to go through this really fast. If you want explanations, just ask on Twitter. Uh, I have the Jazz beating the Grizzlies in five. I have the Mavericks upsetting the Clippers in seven. They almost beat them last year. I have the Nuggets beating Portland in seven. I have the, the, the Lakers beating the Suns in six. So the Suns, their reward for being the second best team in the NBA is to play AD and LeBron and lose in six. In the second round, I have the Jazz beating the Mavericks in six. So the Jazz move on and the Mavericks lose. Jazz in six. Lakers in six against the Nuggets. And then the conference finals, I have the Lakers winning in seven over the Jazz. Eastern Conference Finals, I should say Eastern Conference Playoffs, first round, Sixers win in five, Knicks win in five, Bucks win in seven, and and Nets win in four. Second round, 76ers over the Knicks, uh, and 76ers in six. Uh, Nets over the Bucks, Nets in six. In the conference finals, 76ers over the Nets, 76ers in seven. NBA finals, I have the Sixers playing the Lakers, Lakers in six, and they go back to back and win the title yet again. Playoff scenarios for the Thunder that can really impact them. Of course, if the Clippers really do flame out in the first round or any time before the Western Conference Finals, you're going to see um, a big uproar about the Clippers and maybe possibly you know Kawhi joining Miami or joining the the Knicks, and that's why those two teams, Miami and the Knicks, are very important. If they're very competitive and they're like really close and they can convince Kawhi that they're a Kawhi piece away from being a dynasty, maybe uh, they can lure him away from LA, and that really helps the Thunder in terms of their future assets that they have from the Clippers. And maybe they can lure him away from the from the Clippers to the, either the Heat or to the Knicks, and that will really help the Thunder out a lot. The last storyline is really the Celtics. Again, if they flame out, are they going to be looking to make a big-time move this offseason and maybe getting a Al Horford because we, we kind of assume that they're going to lose in fourth in the Nets and not really be competitive, especially without uh, Jalen Brown. What will they do this offseason, and could it impact the Thunder in any sort of way? So that's what to watch for. It'll be a fun playoff se- uh, season, even without the Thunder in it. The, the playoffs are going to be very fun and very interesting. So go check out Locked on NBA, especially on YouTube. Eventually, every single Locked on podcast will be on YouTube. But for now, Locked on NBA is on YouTube. And on their YouTube page, Locked on NBA, you can go there right now, Locked on NBA YouTube, and you'll find all this information on every single playoff team. Five things that you need to know for in the playoffs, five things to watch for, everything summarizing the season of all these playoff teams and what to expect from them in the postseason. Go check that out right now to get read up on, or should say watched up on, (laughs) on the NBA playoffs and what you should be 
looking forward to. It's a great resource to use if you have not been paying attention around the NBA but want to follow the playoffs. And, of course, we'll have all of our great Locked on NBA content over there as well. So check it out right now, Locked on NBA YouTube page, as this podcast is over. Thank you all again for the kind wishes, the prayers, the thoughts, the uh, patience during this time with me and my family. When this podcast is over, though, go check out Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski, getting up today on all the sport news around the world of sports. Locked On Today podcast, and of course, the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So until then, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll be back to our normal audio setup eventually, <laughs> but for now, this is the best I can do, so I appreciate all of the support. Until next time, be good and be good to one another.